0: Thank you. It's Monday, July 20th. I'm Stephen Fee, and this is The Pen Pod, a limited run podcast from Pen America. On today's edition, Mentorship and the Craft of Writing, in the first of two conversations, we talk about Pen America's Emerging Voices Fellowship with current fellow M. Kigua, and her mentor, activist and writer Antonia Crane. They discuss how mentorship has transformed amid the pandemic, how their relationship has fueled their work, and what we might expect from the next generation of writers. Writers. I'm Stephen Fee. All that coming up on the Pen Pod. Each year, Pen America's Emerging Voices Fellowship pairs literary mentors with Emerging Writers to help launch their literary careers. This year, the fellowship has had to radically transform into a mostly digital experience. And instead of an in-person final reading, our fellows will gather virtually on July 28th for a final reading together. One of those fellows is M. Kigua, currently uh, working on a project that started as an adventure memoir, but has changed into something else, which we'll discuss. She and her mentor, activist and writer, Antonia Crane, join me now, hello to you both.
1: Hello. Hello, hello.
0: Well, thank you both so much for being here. Um, Em, I'd like to start with you. You know, as I mentioned in the intro, you know, um, this fellowship obviously started as one thing and became something else. And I'm wondering how it matched or diverged from your expectations, especially amid the pandemic.
2: Yeah, I think that obviously (laughs) COVID has impacted everybody. So I don't think I'm outside of the norm of saying that, you know, expectations have been shifted i think that there's you can't replace in person meetings and have, being able to connect with people especially in the readings but i do think that pen america has done an amazing job of still making of still having you know author evenings still connecting us with you know individuals and people who who we can have a more one on one encounter with and so i would say that in general, I feel as though the fellowship really has been transformative, and I don't use that word in hyperbole or in exaggeration. My craft has deepened, my commitment to my story has been cracked open, and I have both had to confront myself and the story that I'm telling. And it's just been a really amazing experience, and I've been I've gotten the support and the sort of structural discipline to be able to do that. So all in all, I would say on my end, expectations may change, but the results are still within the realm of what I hope to get out of the fellowship, which is to move forward with my manuscript in really substantive ways.
0: Yeah, Antonia, a similar question to you. How has the experience of mentorship transformed amid the pandemic?
1: I think that it just transformed in that we have these alternative technologies and Penn is really wonderful at being innovative and really being engaged regardless of what's going on in the world. And their work has everything to do with amplifying words and artists and their fellows. And so I think that although Em and I haven't been able to meet at our cafe and have unsweetened coconut tea or we <laughs> um the place where we were performing a um, fundraiser for unionizing strippers. Uh, We've still kept in contact and I've been able to actually listen to Em's work because she did some performances. She did an incredible poetry reading and I've seen her on Zoom and I've seen her perform. So I've been hearing her voice in my head the whole time. Even if I haven't been able to meet her in person, we've been able to incorporate these uh, intersectional alternative technologies that I think is pretty exciting, actually.
0: Yeah, it's sort of forced all of us to become amateur technologists in so many ways. uh, you know Emma, I, I want to talk to you about the work in particular I mean you, you mentioned that you've been able to advance on a manuscript as I mentioned a little bit in the intro you know you you started in one place and you seem to have gone to a different place um you know how did how did your work evolve as part of this fellowship?
2: Yeah, well, I think when I started this fellowship, even using the language of adventure memoir, I was called out on it quite a bit <laughs> um, <laughs> It was because I wanted something a bit more palatable, if I'm honest. I wanted something that you know didn't seem very salacious or scandalizing. And what I have been forced, and in a very lovely way, forced sounds very uh, tricky, but what I have been encouraged and motivated and supported and celebrated into doing is telling the truth of my experience, which is a mm-hmm. lot more complicated. Um, there's a lot more sex in the story that I in, that I initially um, admitted there would be, because when you say it, it's an adventure and you focus on traveling all over, oh, now we're—is it a travel log? Is it this and it's that? But now when we start talking about a woman, a woman of color, a black woman who sort of owns her agency, who's having these different experiences that may be seen as um, you know non normative sexual experiences, suddenly. We're we're delving into respectability politics. Now we're talking about, you know, what is the value of a body? Who gets to mm-hmm. be sexy? Who gets to enjoy themselves? And what are the tropes around these things? And I and I think in the beginning of the fellowship, I sort of didn't I I, I didn't want to have to sit with all that. But because those are the questions my memoir asks. I sort of had to to go there as well. And I will definitely say that Antonia has been crucial in that because just her memoir spent is raw, it's honest, it's compelling, it's amazing, but also her as a person, I mean through her activism, but also she's so old. She's like 50,000 years old. So the <laughs> wisdom <laughs> The wisdom that she comes with, and the sense of confidence and the sense of security has been really um, impactful and in just sitting and being like, "Why are you afraid to say that thing? or this moment, okay, It's lyrical. it's beautiful, but you're not telling the truth. what what is it you're not saying here? What like, and how can we get closer to it? Because ultimately, no one's reading a memoir because you want, you know, You want the pretty language, but you also want the real honest truth. You want the authentic experience of that individual. So I will say that um, that's a a long-winded way of talking about this sort of change that's deeply rooted in respect, that's deeply rooted in the question of will I be taken seriously if I write about sex? And, you know, coming to the answer of, well, it's not really about like a patriarchal structure that says women can't talk about certain things, but it's pushing against that and saying, this is why my story is important and I need to write it because we do need alternative ways of understanding women, of understanding the ways we live in the world and understanding that we have full control of our bodies and do what we will with them.
0: Yeah, Antonia, I mean, I want to talk to you a bit about that idea of palatability, you know, M. M brought up this word of, of whether the work would seem palatable. And, you know, I guess the question of like, how do you help a writer? How do you work with it, another writer to understand, you know, when we're talking about that palatable for whom and 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 how do you help another writer seek those kinds of truths in, in, in their work?
1: Oh, I love this question so much. And um, Em is just an incredible writer. So thank you for being so thoughtful. In terms of, um, you bring up palatable, I think that some conversations that Em and I have had about her work is that you know her voice is irresistible. It's, it's rich, it's dynamic, it's musical. It, ha- it contains many continents, a lot of travel, a lot of bodies in the room. Um, but the thing that I kept coming back to is where is the author's desire? What does the author feel and want in her skin? And I think it's where we're not palatable, where we are getting engaged with those places where we experience shame, where we experience being rejected, where we experience feeling outside. It's in those places of extreme vulnerability and ugliness that are the most beautiful and the most palpable and the most engaged Um, because i think memoir one of the things that it does is it kind of it asks a question like am i alone and it answers the question i'm not alone and and you connect with your writer when you're the most vulnerable and so i we frequently sort of like circled around these ideas of where is her body what is she feeling in her body Where can I see her kind of respond to things on the page and grounded within the scene? Um, Because it goes so many directions and it's so gorgeous and rich. It's like getting swirled up into the music, which is great. Um, And so, what did you ask? Um, Who is it palpable (laughs) to? Yeah, sure. Well, I think that, um, how do I say this? Um, I think there's no telling. I think that marketing and branding and the whole cis white male voice of journalism and publishing houses is all being held up to the light and questioned. And so what is going to fly? What flew a year ago is not gonna fly today. And Mm -hmm. M's voice contains all of the elements of that freshness, of that experience, of Untethered desire and difficult circumstances, um, and it's a voice we need in the world, and we need that voice to be amplified. So to answer your question, this is the this is the voice that we need, and this is the voice that
2: I think everyone is going to connect to
0: and what's it like to hear someone say that about your work?
2: Yeah, I'm crying over here, so <laughs> <laughs> I might need a minute. <laughs> But I, I do think I think that it is really beautiful when there is a genuine love and genuine connection to with a mentee to a mentor and a mentor to a mentee. It's 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 not guaranteed. It's not promised. Um, I I've told Antonia this a number of times that I think you know I have a complicated thing I'm trying to say and. Wh- That she can hold those complexities and she holds the multitudes um, and she sees me in those things has been such a gift. And so her words just, you know, she's she's shown up like this for me the whole time. And it's rooted in, you know, an appreciation of the work. And I have um, a similar love, love of her words. So it's 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 humbling. It's beautiful. And I'm just so appreciative.
0: And just sticking with you. I mean, that idea of, of of having someone alongside you for this work. You know, how do you feel like for writers who are in you know where you were maybe a year ago? Um, you know, what what can you tell them about the value of the mentorship relationship for the the writerly craft?
2: I think that it is unmatched. What I will say, I, I have two different specific thoughts about it. One is that. For a long time, you know, even me a year ago, it's it's being a writer by yourself, sort of, put trying to figure out the, these words you're putting on a page. A lot of times it feels very isolated. A lot of times, unless you grew up in an artistic family or a writer fa- a writing family. You're, you know, your friends don't really get it. Your community may or may not get it. Your family, you know, I come I'm first generation um, immigrant. They might be, <laughs> what, what is this thing? It's not going to make any money. It doesn't really make sense. So a lot of it you're doing by yourself. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because I think it's it by yourself is how you develop your voice and how yourself is kind of how you tough out, you know, these sort of deep questions about how you, you know, the decisions or risks you take on a page you that's required Um, there's a miles davis quote where he says you know it takes a long time before you can play like yourself so i think that you know there's that part of it which is important you do have to sort of do that work but then when you're able to be in a place i applied for the mentorship before and was rejected and i applied again and got in And I think that that's a testament of like just continuing on and doing the work. And then when you are, you know, you get into a position where you are able to have a mentor who's able to see you and hold space for you, it makes it so special. And so, you know, you're filled with gratitude because you've worked really hard to get to that space, as has the mentor to even be in that position. So I think that there's there's a lot of work that's involved to get there. But then you appreciate the relationship when it's there because, I mean, what a what a gift to be able to sit and talk about one's work and to be able to delve into it and have someone read you. And I mean, it's a gift. It's an absolute gift.
0: Yeah. A- Antonia, I want to ask just quickly, what are you um, reading right now?
1: Ooh, uh, Masha Gessen, Surviving Autocracy.
0: Yes. So good.
1: <laughs> so good. Incredible. Um, and
0: Oh, you know, sorry. Go ahead, Anthony. I
1: wanted like to like. I would just wanted to um, rave about M really quick. You know, she came to me already writing beautifully, and you can tell that she's so generous, and that generosity is in her work and in her worldview, and and her voice is absolutely irresistible. So when it comes to working with someone, I mean, you couldn't ask for a more gorgeous. Uh, piece of art to be involved with for several months. So it's it was an absolute pleasure and a delight to live inside her worldview and her and her work and her art, and it's gorgeous. And so I can't wait to watch it blossom further and be
2: in the that's world right. and they have its own life.
0: Oh, that's so great. And Em, what are you reading right now?
2: I was just going to say, Stephen, you weren't expecting this love fest today, were you?
0: <laughs> I, hey, I'm here for it. I'm totally here for it.
2: I'm actually reading um, a memoir, memoir that uh, Antonia recommended, which is Another Bullshit Night in Flex City by Nick Flynn. Hmm.
0: Great one. Yeah. <laughs> well, Antonia Crane is author of the memoir Spent and has served as a mentor to PEN America's Emerging Voices Fellow, M. Kigua. Thank you both so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. It was awesome. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Stephen.
0: And that's our episode for Monday, July twentieth. Join us tomorrow for the pen pod. You can listen to all our episodes at pen.org. Follow us at pen America on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Sign up on our website for our daily dare newsletter. That's where we track major stories about literature, free expression, and the news of the world. I'm Stephen Fee for pen America. This is the pen pod. See you tomorrow.